0: Sir, Will, how are you?
1: Mom, Pop, let's take a look, see what's going on here. See
2: you shaved off a pound since we saw you last. Must be making room for all that Halloween candy. What's your favorite candy? Desert Island candy, if you had to pick one. I don't know. Come on. Life or death situation, what would you pick? Uh, I
1: guess, uh, Reese's Pieces.
2: Good call. Good. Good call. I'm more of a Mounds guy, but I
0: gotta say, peanut butter and chocolate. Come on hard to beat that all right so tell me what's going on with you tell me about this episode you had
1: well my friends were there and then and then they just weren't and i was back there again In the upside down all right so what happened next i heard this noise and and so i went outside and it was worse how was it worse there was this storm
0: So how did you feel when you saw the storm?
1: I felt frozen.
0: Heart racing.
1: Just frozen.
0: Like frozen, cold, frozen. Frozen to the touch.
1: No, like how you feel when you're scared and, and you can't breathe or talk or do anything. I felt, I felt this evil, like like it was looking at me. It was evil.
2: Well, what do you think the evil wanted?
1: To kill. To kill you? Not me. Everyone else.
0: Gracious, oh my goodness, gracious, oh my goodness, gracious hey, hey hey hey, welcome back, everybody. Can you believe it's been two weeks since we last spoke? two weeks since the last episode of season one, the upside down, and uh gee, not much has happened in the world in the last uh two weeks um The reason I didn't put up an episode last week is because I wanted to uh, take the time to watch the whole season, the whole season of Stranger Things 2, and I'm not one of those people who can do that all in one day, especially with real life getting in the way of things. But um, I'm in a good mood this week. Uh, Things are good. Uh, Without going into things, I'm very happy today and uh, very happy to bring you Season 2 of Stranger Danger with Season 2. Of Stranger Things, or is it just called Stranger Things Two? I don't know. I'm going back with what they call it. Strange. I call it the sequel. I call it uh, season two. I call it just Stranger Things Two. But this episode of Stranger Danger is episode nine. No matter what, this is episode nine, featuring episode one of season two of whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm already confusing myself, um, and that's not what I want to be here for. I want to be here to talk about freaking Stranger Things Two. I just finished season two last night, okay? I just finished it. Well, actually, I finished it Wednesday night. um, And turn right around and watch the first episode again. That's where I take the notes to give you the the real in-depth. Well, I just take notes. I don't know how in-depth I go so that I remember where I was. So I've already watched the first episode twice. And I've got an iced coffee in me. I've got a fresca in me. And I'm ready to roll. Uh, But before I get started, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for everyone who has subscribed, everyone who's downloaded. I don't have huge numbers, uh, but the numbers I have are way bigger than I expected. Uh, especially with, you know, this being its own little podcast that just started. Hopefully, uh, the numbers pick up with Season 2 being out there and people looking for more Stranger Things. things. Uh, hopefully, you find me. And if you like what you hear, you just go over to iTunes or the Apple Podcast leave a little note. And, and if you don't like what you hear, go over to iTunes, leave a note anyway. I, I'd love to hear anything. I don't care. Um, and you can check me out. My website is fanslinexperts.com. The podcast is Geek Mentality. This little offshoot, of course, is Strange Danger. I'm on Twitter, at Geek Mentality. I talk about all that stuff usually at the end, but it's been a couple of weeks, so I kind of forgot. So what do you want me to do? Because I want to talk about this episode by itself. But I already know things that happen and some things that started in this episode, I already know what they mean. So do I talk about it like, hey, what does that mean? Or do I just go right into it and say, obviously this is what it is. I think I'm going to go towards the second uh, where I talk about, um, I'm not going in pretending I don't know or, or pretending you don't know yet. Because let's be honest, you've already watched the whole season. You're not here for episode one. You're not here. Uh, because you 've seen you know just the first episode of Stranger things you've watched the whole thing, and if you haven 't watched the whole thing, I suggest you stay subscribed, but maybe wait until you do watch the whole thing because things will pop up, questions will pop up where questions I have um, that cover the whole season, and i 'll probably be sprinkling those in through every episode um, but I have a few uh that come to mind that may come up today. But that is not where I'm starting. Where am I starting? Where am I starting? At the beginning, let's do this. Season two, episode one Mad Max. Obviously, this entire show revolves around friends and families living in Hawkins, Indiana. So, where do we pick up the opening of season two? In Pittsburgh? Already, I was like, "What is going on here? We see a bunch of people running out of a building wearing these masks. you know the old fashioned I know there's a name for it. they're like Frank something masks that this company created eighties masks, Halloween masks that we wore as kids. They run out of this building, and you know I, at first, I thought they're robbing a bank. are they robbing something? Obviously, we know they're doing something a little darker than that um but they run out, of, and they get in this van, and they take off, and they're running from the cops. And there's one person, one of the girls sitting in the front seat, she's like, go to the left, go to the right, you know, go this way. And she knows to get them to a tunnel. She leads them through a tunnel. Uh, and, you know, she does this thing where she concentrates. It looked a little familiar. And uh, the tunnel all of a sudden collapses, and the cops, they're, you know, they rip out, they, they, they slam on their brakes, they crash into each other. Um, and one of the cops is like, what the hell are you doing? And he looks up, the one that caused the crash, and there's nothing there. Nothing collapsed. Whatever he saw, he imagined. And it cuts back to the girl in the uh, van. And you get a little nosebleed. And my first thought was, there's another one. And she wipes her hand, wipe the nose away. And on, the, on her wrist, you see the little tattoo of 008. So there is another. All of a sudden, just with those simple couple minutes, at the beginning of this episode, you realize the world has just gotten a little bigger. But obviously there are others. I mean, if she's 11, there are at least 10 others. She seemed to be the most recent one, probably the last one. I don't think there's a 12. But I guess last season, my assumption was, was that there were 10 that they tried and it didn't work. Tried and failed. Or ten that, you know, died or something. And this was the only the only surviving person, kid, that they could do experiments on. But that's not the case. There is another. But let's not worry about that. In fact, we don't even have to think about that for another seven weeks. Okay? We'll get there. Believe me. We have to. It's one of the episodes. And, um, yes, There are a total of 17 Stranger Things episodes. And I love 16 of them. And then there's that 17th one. You know which one I'm talking about. I'll get there. We'll get there. We'll talk about it. Maybe the second time around. I'll dig it. I'll dig it. What what, what is this, the 60s? Obviously, there's some good things in it. But while I was watching it, all I was thinking about were my friends back in Hawkins. So let's go back there. How has life changed uh, in the past year for the kids of Hawkins? Uh, well, One thing is they don't constantly sit in their house playing Dungeons and Dragons. No, 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 no. They instead um, do what I did as a kid and try to rip a house apart looking for quarters because they want to go hang out at the arcade. 1984, which means I was eight, eight years old. So there was a Methuen Mall, which was there, you know, for years. It was. It's now a like a shopping center, um, but it used to be just a regular indoor mall, and it had the Dream Machine in it. Which the Dream Machine was a chain of arcades, uh, and I remember my dad would give me a buck, four quarters, and I'd go in there and I'd have I'd be in there for like a half hour at least, you know, uh, just hanging out. We didn't have like the drive to uh, hang out arcade when I was a kid, but these kids in Hawkins. They got it made. They got this cool arcade that they go hang out in, but you don't want to just hang out there. You want to use your quarters and, and you, you want to play games. And to do that, you gotta you gotta find quarters. So we got Dustin searching for quarters. We see Dustin's mom for the first time. I was like, why do I know that girl? Why do I know that woman? And she's a uh, she's a prison guard from Orange of the New Black. And I was like, bam! I love when Netflix uses other Netflix people and other Netflix shows. Uh, so. She, You could see she, It. Um, this is weird to say, in a much more innocent way, it reminded me of Cartman and Cartman's mom, where the kid kind of had a filthy mouth, kind of was a little punk, but his mom was just the doting mom. Um, there was no talk of a dad. I don't remember. I feel like we may have seen these parents at Will's funeral back in season one, um, but I don't know if we got a good look at them, and I don't know if it's the same actors. I don't know how they did it. But from what I can tell, in this season, all we see is Dustin's mom and their cat for now. But he found a few quarters. He calls Lucas on the walkie-talkie. Lucas is bragging that he mowed lawns and got some quarters. They end up looking for Mike and find Mike on a different channel on the walkie-talkie. Like, Mike, what are you doing on this channel? Mike was hanging out uh, in his fort. What do you think he was doing? They didn't. That all they said was, "What are you doing on this channel?" That's all they said, and I didn't think anything of it. Um, but then I'm realizing, now looking back, he's already or he is trying to find Eleven. He's checking with every night trying to find her. But um, you know, he realizes, "Hey, it's time to go." He goes up, ends up, doesn't find any quarters. Ends up stealing or robbing Nancy from her piggy bank. She's pissed off. He's like, "I'll pay you back." Heads off, they all bike to the arcade. This again, the days where kids um, can ride their bikes anywhere. Now it's funny that they still ride their bikes anywhere after the craziness that happened last year. But their parents don't know the craziness that happened. Only Will's mother; she's the only real adult that knows the madness that happened. And of course, it happened to her son. So while everyone else rode their bikes to the arcade, you know, Will's mom dropped her off, dropped him off. Drove him there. Said, yeah, "I'm coming right back at nine o'clock, and you are going to be there, and I'm going to pick you up. Don't walk home. Don't bike home. Don't leave this arcade." Obviously, she's trying to let him get back to life, but she's super overprotective. So, the arcade um, gives us three different things. It kind of gives us some nostalgia. It actually gives them some foreshadowing, and it gives us the first look at something bad happening. So, what does I mean? What do I mean by nostalgia? Well, Dragon's Lair. Um, was this video game that was basically a cartoon. And i got to tell you right now, the game sucks. It's an awful game. It was very hard to play. It was ridiculous. Because, you know, you play Pac-Man, you move to the left. The thing, the little Pac-Man moves to the left, you move to the right, little Pac-Man moves to the right. You're basically doing a choose-your-own-adventure game with Dragon's Lair. Like, there's all these scenes that have already been, you know, animated. Obviously, they're not animating it live. That would be... The, that would have quite the strain on the animator. Um, so there's these things that are already happening, and you kind of basically have to, you know, finagle the buttons and the controller enough to hopefully make X happen. But most of the time, Y happened, and you turned into a skeleton and you died. Can you hear that? That's my dog sleep, like talking in his sleep. I don't know if you can hear that. I thought I'd leave that in there. Anyway, there's a bit of foreshadowing in this uh, moment right here. So, And I did not pick up on this at all. If you guys watched Beyond Stranger Things, the after show, again, spoiler alert, watch it after you watch the entire series. I realized that the hard way. They, he does give you a warning. Uh, Jim Rash is the host. He gives you a warning. But in the first 20 seconds, he mentions the cat. Not a huge deal, but I was like, "What?" So that wasn't. That's about the only spoiler I got. I knew it was coming because Jim Rash told me it was coming. Um, but after that, he says, "Listen, I hope you watched all nine episodes because we're gonna we're gonna spoil things." Um, and in one of the episodes, they—I think it was the one with—I uh, can't think of their names, but the the actors who play Lucas and Dustin—they talk about the arcade, they talk about uh Dragon's Lair. And, you know, Dustin's playing the game, trying to save the princess. He fails, and Lucas is like, you know, hey, maybe someday you'll be able to figure it out, but until then, Princess Daphne is still mine. So Lucas tried to get the girl. I mean, uh D- Dustin tried to get the girl, and Lucas did get the girl. So it's his girl. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. Again. Not me. I didn't. I didn't come up with that. I didn't figure that out. They mentioned it on the, uh, on the podcast on the after show, and also, um, the. It was a future episode title, but the video game Dig Dug, tunnels, holes, huh, huh, huh. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that uh, until obviously, uh, maybe I would have picked up off it, on it, but I heard it in the podcast in the after show as well. But anyway, there. Um, you know, Dustin is. Uh, upset that he's not doing well at Dragon Slayer but he says he's still doing well in Centipede and he still do he still has the top score in Centipede still has the top score in uh, Dig Dug but he doesn't turns out someone else has the top score goes by the name of Mad Max and they're like who the hell is Mad Max and the guy who runs the uh, who's working at the arcade didn't didn't want to divulge who it was unless Mike gave him a date with Mike's sister. Mike's like, I'm not going to pimp out my sister. So they didn't get the name. But while this is going on, Will kind of looks over his shoulder. He's a little distracted. He sees something going on outside, like a storm or something, and boom, he's in the upside down. I mean, just like that. No one's around. He's like, Mike, Dustin, he's looking for the guys. Ends up going outside. Something drew him to go outside into the, uh, into the, you know, parking lot of the, uh, arcade and He looks up in the sky and he just sees this big red storm And it's almost like it's coming Something is coming Something is coming And then boom, Mike just calls his name He notices it, he turns around Mike's like, you alright? He's like, yeah, 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 it was nothing Next shot is boom The next day um, And we see this newspaper Hawkins Post I paused it, I read it to see if there was any little Cool little tidbits in there wasn't much it talked about um the pumpkin farmers you know getting ready for their pumpkin contests or uh you know rival pumpkin farmers and i mean there's a little foreshadowing there's a little it comes up later pumpkins obviously um but nothing much there so it shows you know the the day of hawkins you know people just kind of living life because normal stuff happens in hawkins Uh, i yawn because i'm tired uh we go over to the Hawkins Police Station, where we see for the first time Mr. Sheriff Chief Jim Hopper. Jim Hopper shows up at the station, and there's this guy kind of outside waiting for him. Um, it's Murray. I forget. We'll we'll learn his last name later. Uh, but it's this bearded guy, and I know the actor. He's a comedic actor. I, I like him. Very funny. He's very weird. Um, he plays kind of awkward uh, characters. And he's like, He's like, Jim, we need to talk. And, you know, uh, Jim's like, you know, Murray, I don't have time for this.
2: This isn't a laughing matter, Jim. This is serious, okay? I really got something here, I'm telling you. Hey, morning, Chief. Morning. Morning, Murray. Got any proof on your butt probe aliens yet, Murray? (laughs) (laughs) I now believe there was and may very well still be a Russian spy presence in Hawkins. Russian spies. I'm sorry, Murray. Are the Russian spies in cahoots with the aliens, or how do they fit in here? Because I'm confused. I'm talking multiple reports now. Multiple reports, okay, of a Russian child in Hawkins. A child? What are you talking about, a child? Who may have psionic abilities? Psionic. Psychic. Hey, Chief, what about that girl that made that kid PM's as a prank? What girl? It wasn't a prank. Uh, 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 You got five minutes, not a second more. I talked to a big buy ex employee who said some little girl shattered the door with her mind. I heard that story. Did you hear the one about the fat man with the beard who climbs down chimneys? Then last month, a co worker of Ted Wheeler's claims some Russian girl with a shaved head was hiding in his basement. Ted now denies this. Oh, wow. That's a surprise. But it connects. Enlighten me. This girl, she's some kind of a a Russian weapon, right? Barbara, she sees this girl, tries to help her, perhaps, but before she can, the Russians find them. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that Barbara Holland was kidnapped by Russian spies? Kidnapped, killed, killed. Don't you get it, Jim? No. This has potentially international implications. I'm talking a full on Russian invasion right here in Hawkins. Can we prove to this girl? I mean, has anybody seen her, like, recently? No, but these are separate oh, sources. Okay. Hello? Meryl
1: called. Wants you to check out his pumpkins. Says they've been
2: contaminated oh.
1: by his vengeful neighbor, Eugene. You're welcome.
2: God, I'm sorry. I really hate to do this, but I gotta run. It's an emergency. You gave me five minutes. Yeah, listen, you know, I liked your alien theory a lot better. And you want my advice? Why well, you stop bleeding those people dry and go home? Look, I am not bleeding anyone. Me. Try. Go
0: home. So a lot of people view this guy as a kook, but um you know Jim knows uh Jim knows he's onto something. He's thinking, you know, maybe this is the key to getting Barbara found. Um technically he's right, but Jim knows that um he's you know, the barb's gone. He knows who this quote unquote Russian girl is. He just wants this guy to stop snooping around. The second time I watched it, you know, the first time he's he's playing with his uh, his typewriter, making these noises. Um, I don't know if he was doing Morse code or not. But the second time I watched it, I realized he's signaling to his secretary, his receptionist, to uh, to 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 help him, to save him, because she call she calls in about pumpkins, like that's some kind of emergency. And at the end, she said, "You're welcome." So I realize now that she they did that just so he did that just so she would call so he could get out of this conversation with Murray. So I thought that was pretty funny. Now we leave the the police station, we cut over to the high school where Nancy uh, and Steve are in Steve's car and going over kind of a, a college essay that Steve's working on. Nancy's trying to help him out with it. He's like, What's the point? I don't even need to go to college, I just work for my dad. Then I could be around for your senior year. And uh, we could be together. You know, I love you. I love you. And she's like, "What do you? What are, you know? What do you mean? You need to go to college." And uh, you know, I wonder if that's kind of—I didn't really notice it there, but you know, we see a little change in their relationship as the season goes on. But while they're talking, um, they also mentioned, you know, uh, we have our dinner tonight. She was like, oh, what do you, what do you, We have to do that?" And they're like, we blew it off last time. So uh, what dinner is that? Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but they get interrupted by this Trans Am, I believe, or Firebird or something pulls up Camaro, I don't know, and um, got the Scorps cranking, "Rock me like a hurricane. It wasn't the original version. It seemed like it's a re-recorded version. I noticed that because it was a little too polished. But the kid getting out of the car, driving it, he's got like the, kind of the, I used to, I would call this guy a mall rat. When I was a kid, that's what we called the mall rats. They had the long hair. They had the little mustache going. The jean jacket, the jean, the jean pants, um, playing the loud, the heavy metal music. Uh, those were the guys we called the mall rats. Um, I don't know what they call them in Hawkins, but you know he's he's the tough guy, and he's got this uh, younger teen girl about the boy's age, a little redheaded girl, um, in the car with him. They don't really seem to get along. She takes off and goes to the middle school on her skateboard. He kind of looks around, you know, takes the lay of the land, and walks into the high school while a few girls ogle him like he's just a piece of meat. Inside the school, uh, we get the first kind of glimpse of Will's treatment by other students, where he opens his locker and finds a little, uh, that little newspaper article where it said the boy who came back to life and it's got like X's over his eyes and they wrote zombie boy on it. So it's a real cruel shit from some of these, uh, these, these middle school kids. We didn't see the same bullies from last year. We didn't see them at all. I was surprised. I thought we'd see them at least a little, but, uh, we didn't see them at all. And then we jump into the classroom of your favorite teacher and mine, Mr. Clark.
2: Meets the human brain. I know. I know. It doesn't look like much. A little gross even, right? consider this there are a hundred billion cells inside of this miracle of evolution all working as one no no i did not misspeak i did not stutter a hundred billion ah this must be our new student indeed it is all yours all right hold up there you don't get away that easy come on up don't be shy dustin drum roll class please welcome all the way from sunny California, the latest passenger to join us on our Curiosity
0: Voyage, Maxine. It's Max. Sorry?
1: Nobody calls me
0: Maxine. It's Max. Ah, yeah. Wilkes. All aboard, Max. A couple things I like about this scene. First of all, Mr. Clark is like the coolest teacher ever, the the nicest teacher ever. He's like very nerdy, and he loves to teach. You could just tell he loves to uh give knowledge to these kids. And you got a bunch of kids, you know, passing notes, chewing gum, not really paying attention. Then you got Will, Dustin, Lucas, and Mike who are just pretty much infatuated with everything Mr. Clark says. They love the nerdy stuff. They're into it. Uh, when Max comes in, Dustin's the guy, the one doing the drum roll because he'll do whatever Mr. Clark says. Um, it was just, I love that part. And if, at the end, they're all ogling Max who's like, you know, who are these four nerds looking at me? So I just love that scene, and um, that leads us over to uh, Melville's department store, where Joyce is actually working this this year. Last year, she you know she showed up for some phones and for some Christmas lights, but this year she's behind the counter working. Well, if someone came in, she's actually just sewing a um, Ghostbuster patch to a uniform, uh, probably for Halloween. Well, we know it's for Halloween, um, and that's when Sean Aston comes in, and he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, do these." Pumpkins coming anything other than orange? She's like, Oh, let me check in the back. And boom, they're in the back getting it on. You realize, oh, Joyce has a boyfriend. Bob. Bob the brain. You know, so they, they're kissing, they're all cute together. And he's like, Oh, you know, we're gonna come by later tonight. He's like, oh yeah, movie night. Jonathan's picking a movie. Hopefully he doesn't pick any scary ones. He hates scary movies. Bob, you're in a scary movie. You're in a nine hour scary movie. Um so watch out, buddy. Watch out, buddy. So we cut over to uh, Merrill's farm where Hopper is checking out the pumpkins. Uh, all the pumpkins are rotted dead. And uh, Merrill's trying to blame his kind of quote-unquote friend, his his rival, Eugene. He's like, look, Eugene started this whole pink-year-old pumpkin thing. He thinks he has it uh, trademarked. He thinks he you know, cornered the market out. There's no copyright on that. Um, so... Merrill was doing it as well, I guess, and uh he's that's why he thinks Eugene sent a bunch of guys over to poison his pumpkins it, right before Halloween, the biggest time of year to buy pumpkins. I feel like it's the day before Halloween if you don't have your pumpkin yet, uh, it's too late. It's like on in Christmas movies where you they buy the the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. I'm like, why what, what are you talking about? I, you have the tree up all month um but while kind of hoppers listening to him. He sees a little rustling in the cornfield. Now, at that time, I had no idea. I was like, oh, what is that? I never thought about it again. But looking back, hearing the noise that I heard, you realize that's Dart, right? That's that's uh, that's Dustin's Dart. Um, Dart has quite quite the story arc, let's say. Um, but, you know, he goes in there and he finds nothing. He sees a crow and there's nothing else going on. Back at the school, Nancy and Jonathan um, are leaving a class together and they get a flyer about a, a Halloween party. And she's like, um, you know, you're coming to this, right? He's like, nah, I'm not really interested. She's like, why? You are just going to stay home and you know, read Kurt Vonnegut and listen to Talking Heads. He's like, that sounds like fun to me. But he says, you know, I'm going to be bringing out Will trick-or-treating. It's like, come on, later on you can do something. And Will, uh, Steve shows up. You know, kisses her. They're all nice and everything. And Jonathan just kind of leaves. He has nothing else to do, so he walks away and leaves. The boys are outside in the in their kind of uh, recess area, and they're watching. They're all just kind of watching Max, you know, on her skateboard, and they're trying to figure out. They're like, "That has to be Max, Mad Max. Like, why does it have to be Mad Max? Like, look, this girl shows up. She goes by Max out of nowhere. We see this high score. Obviously, it has to be Max." And Mike is already showing he's not impressed. So it's kind of the beginning of Mike Mike just having a bit of an attitude, you know, um, being a little on edge because he misses 11. And I don't think he likes the fact that uh, the boys are interested in another girl. It's almost like he feels like they're trying to replace 11. Um, so it doesn't show that he's that interested. But they all kind of watch her as um, she leaves they're like oh we have i eye- we 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 lost eyes on her like they're spying on her and um, she throws a piece of paper in the uh, trash and goes in and for some reason the kids are like what was that and they run over to uh, to the garbage to take out the piece of paper from the trash and read it and what does it say
1: stop spying will shit
0: it's that moment that the uh, principal shows up the same guy who almost got Mr. Clark killed last year, you know, by selling him out. Um, He's really the guy who uh, started the whole thing of Mr. Clark then accidentally giving all Dustin Lucas and and Mike's uh, information away. So this principal man, he's on the list. He is on the list. But he's like, Will Byers, your mother's here. And they all seem to know what that means. You know, kids are looking at him in the hall weird. And um, I'm thinking it's just the end of the day. And she's there to pick him up, but it isn't that. She's there to get him, to bring him to the lab. Yes, he's going back to the lab. What for? What possible reason could Will be going to the lab for? Well, my guess is that, you know, Joyce is overprotective. And they promised her, you know, well, they told her, basically, you have to keep this under wraps. Um, and we will help examine and keep an eye on your son. I'm not sure I could um, trust these people, but I guess if somebody's going to know anything about what they're dealing with, it would be the people in the lab. And all the other people are dead, so there's a whole new crop of people. Hopper meets them there. He he um, he goes with them, and they bring Will in. He gets some tests, and he meets... Uh, Dr. Paul Reiser. I don't know if they said his name yet. I know it's been nine episodes, and I'm sure I've heard his name. I've forgotten it. But Paul Reiser's character. He has a nice bedside manner. He's very very friendly, very nice to Will. Um, You think, you know, um, you obviously think the worst of him. And there are moments where you think in this season that he is actually... The villain, or a villain, or someone you can't be trusted. But weirdly, um, he turns out, you know, okay. But that's episodes and episodes away. Right now, he's just trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with Will. As you heard in the opener, Will explains the feeling he has about evil, about this evil wanting to kill everyone but him. And the doctor just chalks it up to P.S. P.T.S.D. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, which, you know, I don't know when that started being um, diagnosed and and examined and studied, but you could see that the, uh, his character said, you know, we're we're still learning about this; it's still new. And Hopper's like, you know, it is a real thing, um, but in in reality, they or the doctor thinks that. Um, Will is just kind of imagining this, and this is just kind of flashbacks that he's having because it's been about a year. It's, they call it the anniversary effect, I believe, or the anniversary event, basically, where um, you know it's been a year, so things you know he may act out, he may um, have uh, re, you know some relapses, and basically he's like, "Look, those people, those bad people, they're gone. They're all gone, and um, I'm here now." I've taken over and You're going to have to trust me. And uh, off the bat, obviously we don't trust him. Hopper doesn't trust him. Joyce doesn't trust him. Um, but they see no other, they, they don't have anything else they have to do. They have to, you know, at least have Will looked at. Hopefully they can find some answers. You know, when they're leaving, you see Paul Reiser kind of watching from afar, gives a little wave, and, and Hopper just kind of looks at him. And you realize, uh, well, that made me think like, this guy's a little bit of a creep. Uh, and a woman comes up and says, you know, they're ready. He goes in, goes down to the gate. And you think, oh, yeah, the season ended. She killed the, um, the uh, I want to say Gargamel, because I completely forgot. But the Demogorgon, uh, Eleven took care of that. But the gate is still there. So he, like, you know, real relaxed. He's like, hey, getting ready to do more? It's like this soldier. And um, he's like, yeah, another day, another day uh, at work. Kind of like, you know, it's just a regular thing they do. Soldier has this giant flamethrower, and he starts burning, just b- burning into the gate. And it's these tentacles start moving around, and you realize this thing is alive. So not only is Will not over with the upside down, but the Hawkins lab is not over with the gate or the upside down. We cut back to Dustin and Lucas, and they're basically staking out the arcade. They have binoculars, and they're kind of talking about, they're looking to see if this Max girl goes to the arcade and could be this the mad Max. You could tell they both like her. And she does show up. She gets dropped off by her brother, we could say at this moment, because we don't know anything more. They seem to be arguing. He just rips off and leaves and she goes into the arcade and they see her playing dig dug and they realize how incredible she is Maxine Max is mad Max cut back over to Mike's house and uh, he's having dinner with his family and they you know they're saying you need to make two boxes of toys to uh, to give to the yard sale he's like two boxes There's some of these toys that have sentimental value to me Obviously, I think he's talking about the stuff he shared with Eleven, the Millennium Falcon, all that stuff. And his parents kind of, not lay into him, but they they give him a hard time because it seems like Mike's been acting out. He's been graffitiing things, he something with school, stealing money from Nancy's uh, um, piggy bank. And when he graffiti, he's like, everyone graffitis. And his dad's like, if everyone jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff? And I'm like, uh yeah. Dad? He would. He jumped off a cliff for his friend, so yeah, he would dad. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, Nancy's not with him because she's with Steve. Remember that dinner they talking about earlier? Well, they're getting it right now. At Barb's house.
1: So I noticed a for sale sign out in your yard. Is is that the neighbors, or do you want to tell them? Go ahead. We hired a man named Murray Bellman. Have either of you heard of him? I know. No, I don't think so. He was an investigative journalist for the Chicago Sun Times. Free well Moon. Anyway, he's freelance now, and he agreed to take the case. Oh, that's that's great. That's yeah, really that's yeah, great, right? Um, what exactly does that mean?
2: It means he's going to do with that lazy son of a bitch, Jim Hoppe. The Hawkins police
1: haven't been capable of doing. It means we have a real detective on the case. It means we're going to find our Barb.
2: If anyone can find her, it's this man. He already has leads. By God, he's worth every last penny.
1: Is that why you're selling the house? Oh, don't worry about us, sweetie. We're fine. Hmm. More than fine. For the first time in a long time. We're
0: hopeful. It just feels so bad for them because Nancy and Steve know the truth. Um, Hopper knows the truth. But Barb's parents hold out hope. So that's that Murray guy who was with Jim earlier. Murray Bauman, I believe, the investigative journalist who was there to try to help find Barb. And if you've watched the entire season like I did, you realize he sort of, kind of does solve the case or at least bring closure to the case or helps with it. He absolutely does. But Nancy excuses herself, goes to the bathroom, and there's another picture of Bob. And there's pictures of Bob everywhere. And she just loses it, starts crying. You can tell she's filled with regret. Um, she's just really, really sad. Back over at her house, Mike is throwing away um, some of the toys. And you know he comes across the Millennium Falcon, like I was mentioning before, and just kind of looks at it and he thinks of, thinks of. Of course, we know who Eleven. Gets on the um, walkie-talkie one more time, goes into the little fort which he never stopped. He kept there; it's still there. And he's like, you know, you out there. It's day three hundred fifty-two. You know, he obviously counts every day and checks on her every day. He walks away and he hears. Obviously he hears her voice. She says, Mike, and he runs back. And, but this time it's Dustin. He's like, what are you doing on this channel again? He's like, nothing, never mind. Um, I don't think that other boys ever really figured out what he was doing or they never talked about it, but they're telling him, you know, um, that Max is Max. Um, and you know, Mike just blows him off. Um. But Dustin looks around their bikes, and you can tell they're hinting at wanting to bring Max into the group. And they're like, "They don't think Mike's gonna like it." But Dustin's like, "Look, we're a democracy, or whatever. We're not a, you know, there's not, there's no king in the group. Um, so he'll make it work." And they're like, Good night, You know, Dustin does this thing that totally freaks Lucas out. And uh, Dustin goes home, and he hears this little rustle near his garbage. Here's the noise, the same noise that Hopper heard. So you know that Hopper first saw that little dart character, little monster, uh, or heard it in the fields. Um, and, I mean, I say that. Maybe it wasn't dart. Maybe there was other ones because we know there are other ones. Anyway, um, Dustin's, you know, looking for his cat, thinking it's the cat doesn't hear anything else, goes in the house. So that's the end of that. But we know the, the garbage can't move as we know something else is coming up. Over at the buyer's house, it's movie night. Um Bob the Brain, which is what uh, Hopper calls him, because you could tell earlier Hopper mentioned it. And it's a little while He's like, oh, yeah, I used, that's what I used to call him. Or, um, you realize they all went to high school together. They all grew up. They all lived in Hawkins together. Uh, and Mike's got his video camera out. I mean, this is 1984. And I mean, it's an early VHS camcorder. Actually, it wasn't even a VHS camcorder, it was a smaller tape. I remember, you know, like, I was the camcorder kid growing up. I always had, you know, my dad worked at a school. They had a camcorder, and he would bring it home on the weekends for me to play with and mess around with. And they finally bought me one. It was the family camcorder, but it never left my room, never left my side. Um, but that was like, 1992 that I had my own camcorder and this is 1984 uh, my thing was full VHS which was awesome I could take it up, pop it right in the VCR um, but 1984 when I was a kid I remember my uncle having a video camera um, that he had the camera and then he it was almost like a full VCR that you put the tape in That he, it was like a bag, Like he wore that over his shoulder and it was attached to the camera. That's a million years ago. But that was my first, like, oh, my God, I can get on television. Um, and, of course, I was an idiot hamming it up in front of the camera. But just seeing Bob uh, with the video camera just brought me back. But anyway, he's just, he's just filming Joyce while Joyce is, uh, I think, making popcorn. Jiffy, Jiffy Pop, again, classic 80s popcorn. Getting ready for movie night. And um, Jonathan goes into uh, Will's room. And he's like, hey, you know, I got some movies here. You want to make a pick? And he sees Will drawing.
1: What are you working on? Zombie boy. Who's zombie boy? Me. Did someone call you that? Hey, you can talk to me. You know that, right? Whatever happened. Will, come on, talk to me. Stop treating me like that. Well, Like what? Like everyone else does. Like there's something wrong with me. What are you talking about? Mom, Dustin, Lucas, everyone. They all treat me like I'm gonna break. Like I'm a baby. Like I can't handle things on my own. It doesn't help. It just makes me feel like more of a freak. You're not a freak. Yeah. I am. I am. You know what? You're right. You are a freak. What? What? No, I'm serious. You're a freak. But what? Do you, do you want to be normal? Do you, do you want to be just like everyone else? Being a freak is the best, all right? I'm a freak. Is that why you don't have any friends? I, I, have, I have friends, Will. Then why are you always hanging out with me? Because you're my best friend, all right? And I would rather be best friends with Zombie Boy than with a boring nobody. You know what I mean? Okay, look. Who would you rather be friends with? Bowie or Kenny Rogers? Oh, exactly. It's no contest. The thing is, nobody normal ever accomplished anything meaningful in this world. Got it? Well, some people like Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers? I love Kenny Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Nothing. I just,
0: I like that because it did a few things. It gave us, uh, you know, Will. Um pretty much just wanted to be treated normal. It gave us Jonathan showing, hey, look, you know, things are, things are um, weird, but it's okay to be weird. It's cool to be weird. And it showed Bob as, like, straight-laced Bob, who obviously loves Kenny Rogers, then goes in and sees the movies, sees Mr. Mom, and he's like, great. So that's what they end up watching. This season, what this season showed me, and I, I don't know the character's name, I think it's Noah is the actor's name, but I could be wrong. The kid who plays Will is a great little actor. Season one, you you didn't get enough of him. Season two, he gets some really awesome moments, and kudos to this kid because he was awesome when he was frightened, the the frightened look when he was kind of possessed, Uh, and just when he's just a regular kid, like this... the. But the fright that this kid can show in his eyes—whether he's really freaking out or whether he's just wide-eyed and scared—terrific. Kid was awesome. While they're watching the movie, uh, the phone rings, and Joyce—you could see the panic in her eyes—and you realize, um, just a little homage to season one that you know the phone was so traumatic, um, because that was like how Will was trying to get through to her. So, you know, Bob's like, just let it ring. Who cares? But um, it was a cool little, it was just a nice little moment, a nice little homage to the first one. You realize, Joyce, you know, she ain't over it either. And that's me, that's me speaking proper English. She ain't over it either. And we cut over to the lab, and I see this guy, lab tech, and he's just kind of, you know, bouncing a ball. I think he was bouncing a ball. And I'm having flashbacks of uh, Wayne Knight Newman in Jurassic Park. Just kind of reminded me of that. Uh, and all of a sudden, all these panels, instrument panels, just start lighting up, lighting up, lighting up. Um, and they're obviously monitoring the upside down. So this has something to do with the upside down. At the same time, Will wakes up in the middle of the night, goes to the bathroom, and the moment he went to the bathroom, I was like, I, I'm watching it. I wrote down, great, now I have to go to the bathroom. Um, which I did at the time. Was, you know, was, uh, just wanted to let you know. But he starts hearing the storm. It's it is, it's interesting because it's not an instant flash of him being the upside down. He's in his house. Everything looks fine. He sees this, hears the storm. He goes out to the living, like to the main living area and kind of looks out the window. And, you know, it's like something's drawing him. And the door slowly opens. And you see the goosebumps on the back of his neck stand up. And the hair on the back of his neck stand up. And it's this very dark storm going on outside and as he walks outside you realize now he's in the upside down and he's you know looking off into the distance and before he just saw the storm this time he sees this giant shadowy spider like thing just kind of etching towards him and you just see that as I said before this awesome fright in his eyes But we cut away from that, and the last scene of the episode is Hopper. He pulls up to this, you know, into the woods. Ends up uh, stepping over a trip line. Goes into this, up to this cabin. Gives this, like, secret little knock. Ends up going into the cabin. Sees um, TV on, sees some food out. Gets himself a beer. You realize that this is must be his cabin, but someone else is there, someone else is living there. He looks over at the you know, walks over to the kitchen table to have some dinner, and he sees um that there's two TV dinners there, and there's also what appears to be a half eaten echo waffle. Hey, what we talk
1: about. What? No signal. It's eight one five. You're late.
2: Yeah, I lost track of time. I'll, I'll signal next time, all right? Uh and it's uh it's eight fifteen. It's not eight one five. Eight fifteen. Now what do
0: we talk about? Dinner first,
2: then dessert. Always. That's a rule. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Eleven! Of course Eleven's alive. Of course Eleven is still with us. But she's living with Jim Hopper. And she's got long hair. Or longer hair. How the hell did that happen? Well, we're not going to find out today because that is the end of episode one of season two of Stranger Things titled Mad Max. Now, what do we learn? Well, we learn that Will... Is still connected to the upside down, um, whereas before he was pulled into it. Now there's there seems to be some sort of connection that he is um, slipping back and forth. Um, the he is going to help for help for it at the lab, um, but they kind of think it's just you know visions and memories. Um, but we know it's not. We know it's real. There's something out there. There is some kind of big spooky monster that seems to be, uh, getting closer. Um, at the same time, the boys, you know, two of the boys are infatuated with a new girl who came to town and, uh, Mike, he's not really, uh, interested in her. He's interested in finding 11 every day for the past 352 days. He's been reaching out to her. Sounds like she talked back, but, um, you know, we don't, uh, we we didn't, get more than just Mike, but it was definitely it was definitely her voice. And we know she's alive because she lives with Hopper. Um, now, over at the lab, they're working on the gate. They have people monitoring it 24 hours a day. They seem to be burning it, trying to keep it back. Um, but at the same time, something's happening in Hawkins. Um, like pumpkins are being rotted out. And there seems to be some little, something out there is making these, these little, Noises, there's some kind of creature out there. A hopper heard one in the cornfield. Dustin seems like he heard one in his house. Um, Then we got Nancy and Steve who are, you know, trying to keep a relationship, you know, seem to be in love. Um, Nancy's friendly with Jonathan still. But uh, Steve and Nancy actually end up going over to Barb's house and Barb's parents hired an investigator to look more into Barb's um, disappearance. And he's making some connections of a Russian girl, so he's he's on to something. He's not quite right, but he's on to something. I think that basically covers it. Got Jonathan. Got Joyce. Got new girl Max. Um, Mike, Dustin, Lucas, Eleven, Hopper, New Bob. Um, I think that covers everybody. Steve and Nancy, and. Barb. Well, her family. That pretty much covered the first episode. There was a lot. I like Again, I only watched this. I started watching this last week. And I went back to watch again for the first time, well, the second time. And I'm like, wow, they, they packed a lot into this first episode. I was like, I didn't realize this was, I forgot this was all in the first episode. And again, I only just watched it a week ago. Now, you watch the whole episode. You watch the whole season. So this is not something I'm not going to wait to the end for. In season one of Stranger Things, Hopper sold 11 out, didn't he? He basically told uh, Matthew Modine, he told Brenner where they were so that they could get 11 and spare the kids as long as he would be able to go into the upside down and go get and look for Will. I always thought he put the egos out there because he felt guilty of that. Now, he appears to be living, well, he not appears to be, he's living with Eleven. And we all know where they, how this came to be. And we'll talk about it in future episodes. And I thought maybe it would come up at some point in this whole season. You've watched the whole season. Spoilers, obviously. It doesn't come up at all. Now, I saw on Twitter that some people have brought that up. And I can't imagine that something like this would completely be ignored. Um, it doesn't bother me that much. I don't like conflict. I like when characters all get along. I like when good characters are good to good characters and nobody betrays anyone. But I wonder if that's something that they're going to address in the third season. And in a way, I hope it is. Um, because obviously Hopper and Eleven uh, will be together in the third season as well. But I just hope that's something they address. That is is really the only thing that I'm going to talk about that isn't specific to this episode, or any episode. Um, And really, this episode started off with, I mean, kicked off the season with a bang, right? So, hey, I know you watched it. Watch it again. It's really good. And I can't wait to talk about the second episode. But that is next Friday, my friends. And until then... Thank you very much for listening, for subscribing, for downloading. However, you're finding me, whether it's Stitcher, Google Play, because I guess people do that, uh, iTunes, or uh, you know, I use a podcast app that is none of the above, but I think it just taps into the iTunes store because that's how I subscribed. Um, But if you don't use iTunes, you know, go over to the go over to the uh, iTunes website if you can. I don't even know if you can do this and leave a review. And just um, just think of the nicest thing you could say to anybody or look for a really nice review and copy and paste it. I don't care. Um, once again, just to give you all the details, my name is Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Geek Mentality. The website is called Fans Not Experts. The podcast is called Stranger Danger, but it's part of Geek Mentality. So all episodes are available on Geek Mentality if you're already subscribed. But if you're not, thank you for subscribing specifically to Stranger Danger. If you do subscribe to Geek Mentality, you get all the Stranger Danger episodes, and you get all my Movie Month episodes, which are every June I do 30 movies in 30 days. Uh, and then I try to do a podcast every so often to keep things going. But, um, I'm, you know, like November, I'm obviously going to be doing a Justice League episode. I have to. But right now, my main focus, my only focus, Stranger Danger and Stranger Things too. So thank you guys for listening. Um, And really, we don't have to worry about the Demigorgon anymore. So until next time, beware that shadowy creature. I know we have a name for it. Maybe I'll start using it. Yeah, maybe I will. Until next time, beware the mind flayer. I shouldn't be drinking coffee this late.